welcome to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton. And on this week's episode, we are going to have another anonymous guest. Now, we dive into a few things. I'll probably have this guest back on the show to revisit a little bit about religious discrepancies uh, and the challenges that can come along with that. And uh, what we actually dive into in today's episode is a deep dive into the feeling of not belonging, of not feeling like you have a community, of feeling like you are isolated, um, and also diving into the uh, impacts of not feeling like we are fully embedded into our family system. And so you'll hear this guest talk um, a little a little bit about not feeling like he belonged within his family system and how that has sort of permeated the rest of his relationships. And then some of the conflict that he's experiencing a little bit, we touch on um, between the desire for sexual connection and uh, religious beliefs. And so we talk a little bit about that as well. So this is a a pretty interesting episode and we cover a, a few different areas. So I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. Again, if this resonates with you or someone that you know, please feel free to share it, man it forward with somebody that you know is going to enjoy this episode or could, could uh, get a lot out of listening to it and maybe getting some deeper sense of self-perspective. So without any further delay, please welcome my anonymous guest. I'm great. Having a great morning, Connor. Thank you Good. for having me here. Yeah, well, welcome welcome to the show. And uh, I'm assuming that you have listened to one of these anonymous shows before. Of course. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we're, we're going to do a little bit of exploration today. Um, but maybe if I can, to just begin with, let's frame this session from a place of you releasing something or resolving mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So with that in mind, uh, if you want to just take one or two deep breaths in through the nose and then out and one more now. So with that in mind, uh, maybe give me and the listeners a little bit of insight into what you're looking to work on today. Yeah, I would like to work specifically on a topic based on religion because uh, we were talking back uh, about my church community that I'm a leader in in this church. I'm a leader of more than 100 volunteers uh, at my church. And, well, this this has been going for more than two years already. And it's been an amazing experience. I I have learned so much about myself, about serving others, about uh, being humble, being resilient, emotionally resilient, spiritually resilient. It has given me a lot of great tools for life. The only thing, uh, the thing that I'm living right now with my church community, well, I'm working with the Alliance, with, with you guys that you are uh, an amazing group that has helped me as no one has with my masculinity, with my development. But I'm getting to a point where it's starting somehow clashing or somehow have been different obstacles from my church community to keep working on my sexuality, you know, on on meeting my sexuality, on accepting it, about accepting the fact that I'm a sexual being and that I have sexual desires and to not reject them. And, mm. and yeah, this has been like, like the main thing lately. And yeah, I want to just work on that and, and work on, on the release of this shame or guilt that mm. I can be having. Yeah, okay, good. So... Maybe describe a little bit more. Do you feel like there is a, a discrimination? Is it is it your sexual orientation or sexual, like what's what about your your sexuality? Do you feel doesn't fit in with the the church's um, or that community's ideology? Where's where's yeah. the clash? The clash is about having a sexual life because I'm not a I'm not married. 
I'm, I'm a single guy. I, I have just been in, in a couple of relationships in the past years. It's not a thing about orientation. It's more about just living my sexuality, about having a sexual partner mm. and, and enjoying my, my own body and someone else's body too. And yeah, connecting with this part and not having the sexual education about not having sex. It's, mm-hmm. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to rectify with. It. Yeah. It's, okay, well, let's just start off a little bit with some of the messaging that maybe you received as a kid. So I'm going to mm-hmm. treat this like, you know, you and I were sitting down at the very beginning of a, you know, a, a series of sessions that we would have together. Um, mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about growing up. What were some of the messages that you received about sex and intimacy within your family system? Within my family system, well, in this topic, this this is kind of complicated because my father was an alcoholic, is mm. still an alcoholic, and used to to do drugs uh, on that time when I was since my birth to through my ten years, he was using drugs and and not not present in at home. But there was a couple couple times that he arrived like completely out of himself and just like um, threw himself on on his bed, but butt naked. Hmm. And a couple of times, I I went out my room, having five six years, and saw him like completely naked. And my mother was like, "Don't see him. Don't 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 watch him like, like that." And having these kind of messages that, that it's not good to, to see another man's or another person's naked body just like that. And, and my father being drunk. And, and when I was growing up, like in my, at my 11 years, 12 years, my mother found uh, a box of condoms in my room that I wasn't using <laughs> and I wasn't going to use. I don't know why, why I, have, I had them because I didn't even have a girlfriend. Mm. I was just like waiting for that perfect moment. But my mother found these condoms and she was so, so mad at me and, and she was screaming. She was worried, sad and, and shaming. She was shaming me a lot of, uh, uh, my family isn't Christian or isn't a religious kind of family, but it's really bound on shame. And my elementary school was a Christian elementary school, so there mm. wasn't any kind of sexual or uh, education. Not once I had any kind of, of sexual sexual uh, conversation with my father, with my mother, and and I was just surrounded by these kind of things of mm-hmm. rejection and all of these mm-hmm. things. Okay. All right. So sex in the family was not talked about? No. Okay. And sex in the family was largely hidden. Sounds like there was some shame around just the sort of the natural form of the body, right? Not, not seeing... Uh, not you know, not wanting to see other people naked. Um, what was it? What was it like? Like what, you, you're talking about this experience, and you know, you see your father intoxicated and and passed out. What was that like as a kid? Like what was going through your mind? Did you understand what was happening, or not really? I just knew that my father was was kind of violent. He never hit me. He never was like physically violent, but he was too aggressive sometimes. He was screaming all the time or or projecting his anger through things. If the radio the radio didn't work, he smashed it. So so it was that kind of, of environment. And the fact that I that I saw him a couple of times like that and butt naked, like just thrown in the bed and all these things. Well, when I was in elementary school, there was a couple of, of 
pool parties. And uh, as a kid, I didn't like or I, I didn't want to take my shirt off. Mm. I was really ashamed of, of just showing my body, of just even taking my shirt off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I felt that shame about me as a kid. What was the what was that experience like as a kid? Like, what were you thinking? Were you worried that people would judge you? Were you you know worried that your parents would be upset? What was what, where did that come from? Is that from those experiences? I'm not completely sure, but I just know that the the thing that I was telling myself in my mind was I don't want people to see me. Mm. I don't want people to watch me to watch my body Mm -hmm. okay all right so just talking about that how do you Mm -hmm. feel where do you feel it in the body right now as we're discussing this in my hands i feel like a tingling or something like that okay all right so let's just let's work with that a little bit and then we'll Mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about the religious conversations so maybe just close your eyes for a second and again a nice deep breath in through the nose and all the way out. And just give yourself permission to connect with you, to connect with that younger boy, the boy who felt ashamed of his body, the boy who didn't want other people to see him without a shirt on, the boy who felt maybe a little bit of shame from parents. And as you reconnect with him as you see him just take another deep breath in and out good so right now i feel kind of anxious Mm -hmm. okay where i feel that anxiety in my body is my chest and my hands okay and what i've always struggled to accept about my body is that it's that it's just a body that is not something wrong or something that I have to hide from others. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if my anxiety had a voice and could speak, it'd say, "They're gonna shame you. They're gonna look at you with judgmental eyes." Mm. Okay. One more breath. Now. Just bring your awareness into your hands. Just bring your attention into that part of your body where you feel that energy, that sensation. So if this part had a color, what what color would it be? Red. Hmm. Okay. So if this energy in my hands had a voice and could speak, it would say... Hmm. I'm kind of nervous. I'm kind of um, I don't want to be seen and I feel nervous because someone is looking at me. Yeah, okay. How old I feel when I say that is? Twelve. Okay, yeah. So just connect with 12-year-old you. Notice how long it's been since you maybe spoke to him. Or let him speak. If you can, just feel him maybe in the center of your chest, in your belly. And imagine that he's present with you. And give him a bit of a voice. So if he was here, what he would want to say is, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a little nervous because... I feel lost. I don't feel guided. Mm. I feel lost because? Because I feel that I don't fit in where I am. Good. Yeah, I feel like I don't fit in with other people sometimes because? Because they talk about things that I don't understand, about things that I haven't experienced. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Did 12-year-old you feel a little alone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Was he a bit sad and felt disconnected from other people? Mainly from my family. Okay. Yeah. So what I had to hide from my family was? That I was struggling and I was sad because, okay. because of that divorce. Mm. Okay. When did they get divorced? How old were you? I was 10 when it started and 13 with my, when the divorce uh, was official. Okay. All right. So one more deep breath. Now, uh, so now my hands feel relaxed, but sweaty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my anxiety is? It's lower. Hmm. So if 12-year-old me could speak to my father, he'd say, Why did you go? Yeah, I never understood why you... Why you never tried to, to stay with our family? I felt like I had to hide my... My sadness and my love for him. Mm. I had to hide my sadness from you because... Just try and let that 12-year-old boy speak directly to dad. I had to hide that sadness from you because I knew you were going to tell me that that I couldn't cry, that I was a man I, and didn't, didn't have to cry. Is that what he said to you when the divorce was happening? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so hearing him say that was... Was really difficult, was hurtful because I had to hide what I was feeling. Yeah. So if my sadness could speak right now directly to him, it would say, just tell me what's happening. Just tell me why you're leaving and why, what you feel about me. What are you feeling about all this? Yeah. What I need you to tell me right now is, what I need you to tell me right now is, if you cared about what was happening, about what was I feeling? Okay, and what I never got to ask you was... Why, why your family wasn't enough for you? Mm. Okay. Can you say that in your native tongue? ¿Por qué nuestra familia nunca fue suficiente para ti? Yeah. Let it be a little bit more passionate, a little bit more angry. Really tell him. ¿Por qué nuestra familia nunca fue suficiente para ti? Mm -hmm. Good. Saying that feels... Relieving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, keep speaking to him in that language. What else I wanted to say to you is... Me dolió mucho que te fueras y que no nos dijeras nada. If my anger had a voice, it would tell you... Decídete qué es lo que quieres. One more breath. Now... Yeah. So what my anger was saying was decide about what you want from life or mm. from others. Yeah. So I felt like my father never never knew what he wanted and was just looking for it while having us. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell that directly to him? I felt like you I felt like you were just lost but never told us and you were just looking for what you wanted but hurting us in the process yeah yeah and because of that i i was completely disconnected from you hmm. still to this day i feel like i that i want to connect with you to know you to to feel loved by you yeah okay one more deep breath. All the way out. So there's a lot of anger in there. There's a little bit of anger towards him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel when I just acknowledge that? That a part of me is, is, is seen, but it feels good because it wasn't seen for so many years. How come you had to hide your frustration from him? Just being tough or mm -hmm. acting tough. 
Mm-hmm. So, in, so, so what was it like in your culture? What's the expectations in your culture of a man when he feels pain or sadness? To hide it, to not show in it and just cope mm-hmm. in any way. Okay. All right. So what else, what else have you had to hide? What else have you had to repress? Well, that I wanted to tell my mother and my father that I loved them and that I wanted them to tell me that they loved me and they were proud of me. Are they still, are they still both living? Yeah, both okay. of them. Okay. And do you have a relationship with them? Yeah, a lot closer than before, but still with some things. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you withhold today? From them it's really hard to open up it's really hard to to tell them what's really happening in my life and not just telling them that i'm okay that i'm going through all these going through the pandemic going through job to my personal life but not really telling them where i'm hurting or where i'm just insecure and that I don't know what's going to happen or where I'm going. Yeah. Okay. All right. And as we went through that exercise, just as we started to touch on some of how you felt as a boy, tell me a little bit about how your anger felt within the body. Where did you feel it? I felt it in the chest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what, what did it feel like? Did it feel hot did it feel like it was swirling around did it feel explosive expansion expansion of the chest okay all right so i want you to try and connect with a little bit of that right now just as we as we go along but i think first maybe tell me a little bit about where anger has been in your life what have you traditionally done with your anger with my anger, well, I used to to practice martial arts mainly mm-hmm. because because my mother was afraid that my father one day exploded and became violent. That never happened, but but I trained martial martial arts for some years because of that, and I had a lot of, of anger issues, quote unquote. And since mid mid high school, I was having these fights on the street. When my parents were getting divorced, my mother wasn't at home. She was like just out and my father was, wasn't living with us. So I was alone and I used to just go out and maybe, I don't know, just be on the bike for hours or maybe just get into a fight mm. and and to alleviate my anger through fighting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when did religion come into the picture for you? Well, it was three years ago at my when I was twenty five, so so it's kind of recent. Okay. How did that come to the picture and, and why? Was it something that you sought out? Mm, kind of. It, it was because in my, my hometown, uh, I had a, a lot of, of issues with, with job opportunities, getting out of, of college and not having a job and a lot of, of issues in my relationships. And I just wanted to to get out of that city. It, it felt like a hole, mm. like, a, I don't know, like a dark hole there. And I wanted to, to go out. So I come where I live now. I, I came to where I live now and, and well, I didn't have any family or friends here. So I, it was just like a fresh start, but, but with no one around. And in those moments, I hit my, my lowest bottom. Mm-hmm. Then there was an, a catastrophe here, an earthquake on 2017. So in that moment, I really felt that I needed uh, 
a firm floor or something where I can, I could stand and and felt secure. So my the only thing that I had as an option was looking for something bigger than me, looking for my spirituality because I I didn't I wasn't connected to my spirituality until my 25 years. And it was really good. It was a, an amazing experience where I met people that that knew how to love others, that knew how to hug other people. And the first time that I met these guys, they all hugged me. And I came back not because of what they were talking about, but because of the hugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So you found you found connection, right? Yeah. You found a little bit of a little bit of a different kind of family, a little bit of a different yeah. type of community. And and it sounds like a little bit of of both physical and emotional support that yeah. that sounds like was missing for a long time. Does that feel yeah, true? It, yeah, it felt really good. Okay. All right. What are you feeling right now as we talk about this? I'm happy of remembering those days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so it served a good purpose and now it's a little bit confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. What did you hear just in that little exercise that we did again? We didn't, we Mm -hmm. didn't go super deep. We just kind of got into it and explored some territory, but what did you experience just in that exercise before in connecting and speaking with your father and starting to connect to your own sadness? What did I feel? Mm -hmm. What did you experience? Yeah. Mm, I experienced a lot of, well, a little bit of resistance mm-hmm. of connecting with with that 12-year-old me. That was the, the time where I was, well, a little bit of context. Uh, I changed from an elementary school that I was, that, that was a Christian elementary school to a public school where all the kids already had a girlfriend, already kissed a girl, already were talking a lot of bad words <laughs> <laughs> when when I didn't even knew what those words meant. I wasn't even interested in, in girls at that time. I, I felt like younger, I don't know. But I was really scared because I, I didn't know what was happening. It was a really new world and strange world for me. My parents were getting divorced. I couldn't talk about it with them. Uh, I didn't have any guidance or support. And I think that part of my life was as strange as difficult. And I think that's why I I can't connect with uh, as easily with, with, my 12-year-old me, because mm. he was like, or I was in that time, really disconnected and really didn't want to connect mm-hmm. with my surroundings. Yeah. So he's, he's deep in there. He's hidden. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's resistant. A lot. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so what, would, what would resistant and rebellious 12-year-old you say? What would, what would he want to say right now, maybe to me, about being spoken to and be, being seen and having somebody try to connect with him? What would he say? You don't know me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's true. Right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know him. Right? I don't know him. I have, probably haven't earned his trust yet. And, and maybe you haven't either. Mm-hmm. Does that feel true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would he say to you right now? That it's okay to lower your guard, your guard, because well, we're trying to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else would he say to you? That why now? Why? Why wasn't it earlier mm-hmm. <laughs> when he needed? Yeah. So let's just let him speak to you a little bit. Okay. So eyes closed again. Nice deep breath in. And this is just an opportunity for the two of you to connect. It sounds like he's a little pissed off with you, a little upset, a little angry, 
little resistant and withholding. So one more deep breath. All the way out. Yeah, so just let him speak a little bit. Just let your let yourself see what he looked like. See him riding around in the bicycle. Where did he like to hang out? When you were 12 years old, where did you hang out? Where did you spend your time? In the streets, anywhere. I was just like getting out all that energy. Yeah, okay. All right, so see him riding through the streets a little bit. Maybe paused, standing beside his bike. And just let him have a little bit of a voice. So what he would want to say to me right now is, let him speak directly to you. Mm, that's a hard one. I don't know. I'm not clear about it's okay. it. It's okay. Let's try a few, a few different things. So why didn't you... Why didn't you pay attention to what you were feeling? Mm -hmm. How did you forget about my... How did you forget about my, my own well-being, my own emotions? Mm. Yeah, I feel like I had to sacrifice. I feel that I had to sacrifice my, my own self, my authentic self, just to fit with the other kids or the other guys. Yeah, and I had to hide my... I had to hide my my real way of enjoying life or of having joy or having fun. Mm, okay, one more deep breath. Now, yeah, so what I would say back to that 12-year-old boy is... You're free of being yourself. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One more time. Say it in say it in your native language. Eres libre de ser tú mismo. Mm. One more time. Tú eres libre de ser tú mismo. Yeah. Saying that feels really good. Yeah. And where I feel it in my body is my belly. Mm. Good. Breathe nice and deep into your belly. All the way out. Good. Yeah, so now that 12-year-old boy is... He's kind of relaxed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he feels a little bit more okay with... Okay with talking about what's happening, about what, what he needs. Yeah, good. Good. So let, let him speak a little bit. Let him speak a little bit. So what I always wanted to tell my father was... That I wanted to spend... A lot more time with him. Mm -hmm. And that his anger was... Was hurting me, was disconnecting me and just making me feel further or, or more distanced. Mm -hmm. uh, and if my anger could speak to him, it would say... Just leave your, your addictions because it, they are not helping us. Yeah. Okay. So one more deep breath. Now, let yourself just maybe make little fists. Just feel your hands tighten. Feel your forearms tighten. And give yourself permission to feel a little bit of that anger in the body. And if you can, imagine that your father's addiction is sitting in front of you. Maybe it's dark. Maybe it's ominous. Maybe it's the sensation that you felt constantly around him. So having him, his addiction in front of me feels... It's really confronting and I feel a lot of anger. Yeah. So give yourself permission to let some of that anger out and to speak to his addiction. You were... You were just disconnecting us and you were never helping us to be together. And what you did to my family was... Was horrible. Mm -hmm. What you did to my father was was really, really horrible. It just destroyed him. Mm -hmm. If my anger wasn't being so nice, it would say to you, Fuck off. Mm -hmm. Say it in your language. Vete de aquí. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you for. For just doing what you did and 
and destroying my father. You, what you stole from me was? Was his love, was his, his will to connect to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one more breath. Yeah, I know. The impact that, that, that you had on my mother was? She was just reactive and didn't want to talk about anything. Mm. And because of that, because of you, I, I felt completely alone. Yeah. Okay. Say that in your native tongue. Me sentía totalmente solo. Mm. I'm done with you because, because I want to connect. I want to change all the things that you just destroyed, just hurt. When you were around, I had to hide. I had to hide who I really was. And what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And what I wanted was. I wanted to be myself, to be accepted and loved and to love my parents. Yeah. Because intimacy with my parents was. Non-existent. Yeah. Physical touch with my father was. Was just aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Physical touch from my mother was. Non-existent. Yeah. Not having her console me as a child was... Was really hurtful. Yeah. If she was here right now, I'd say... That I just wanted her to hear me and make me feel loved. Yeah. Okay. Tell her, tell her what you wanted to say. What did you want to say to her? I wanted you to hear my... To hear my loneliness, my sadness, and my needs. And I know you were struggling, but I wanted... I wanted to be guided. Yeah. yeah. What I really needed from you was... Just listening, just yeah. hugging me. One more breath. No. Yeah. So physical attention today in my life is... Is something that I look for. A lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the intimacy in my life has been... Has been blocked. Because? Because shame and beliefs. Yeah, and, and you don't know. You've never experienced it. Right? You never got any... It sounds like you didn't get very much physical affection at all. Right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden... And you got a little bit of physical attention, a little bit of physical touch and embrace from people, and you became a part of that community. Yeah. Right? And now it's opened you up, and you're wanting more, but that's contradicting. Mm -hmm. So take one more deep breath. And now... So... What I really crave in intimacy is... It's a connection. It's just feeling safe about being with, with, with another person. Mm -hmm. Okay, deep breath. Now... So the thought of being with another person feels... Threatening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and? And risk. Uh, mm. Risky. Yeah, it feels risky because... Because... Because I feel exposed. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm trying to protect myself from... From being hurt. Mm. Okay. One more breath. Now, okay, so answering these questions has felt really confronting and difficult. Yeah, and also? And also relieving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's difficult because? Because answering these questions is exposing me in, in a way. Yeah, yeah. 
you're getting to meet what it feels like to be intimate. One more breath. Now, yeah. so what I learned today that I didn't know before is that I still have barriers mm. with other people mm-hmm. and with my parents. Yeah, and my fear of being intimate with someone is it's ever present. Hmm. Yeah. But if I didn't have that fear, if I didn't feel so afraid, I would. I would just enjoy it. Enjoy it what, what it means to connect to other people and to love and be loved. Okay. Is there someone in your life right now that you are attracted to? Yeah. Okay. All right. One more breath. And now. All right. So you can slowly come back in if you want. Maybe just open your eyes whenever you're ready. Now we went in just a little bit there, a little, a little bit deeper. So I appreciate you. So I'm going to, if you're okay, I'm going to ask you some more sort of direct questions and we can talk about some next steps. All right. Yeah. So have you, have you ever been intimate with someone? Yeah. Sexually active? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what was that experience like? Were you, did you experience any performance anxiety or? Well, I had my first time at 19. Okay. It was because social pressure. Uh, I was kind of drunk, but I didn't want to. Uh, she was my my girlfriend, but lo- a lot of my friends knew that I didn't have any experience in that matter. So they started pushing me to 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 have that time, and it was a good time. She was really a somehow my best friend, mm. but I didn't want to to do it yet and and uh, the next the next experiences that i had with other girls were always i was always thinking about performance and and shameful about my body i sometimes i was I, I was just turned off when I was taking off my clothes because I was too nervous mm-hmm. of someone watching me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there's so there's still a good amount of of shame and sadness around the body specifically, mm-hmm. right? And how long has it been since you've been intimate with someone? Not much. It was. A month ago. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So the confrontation is about, with religion specifically, some of the messages about, yeah, okay. (laughs) I see. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, when it comes to, there's there's a few different pieces to this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think we should just pull some of this apart. And this is very common for a lot of people that there's, there's the there's the the religious shame right of you shouldn't be doing these things you shouldn't be experiencing these these things until you're married um i'm assuming that's some of the narratives that you're hearing yeah there's the shame around the body and not wanting to feel physically exposed or feel physically vulnerable okay which mm-hmm. is which is one aspect that um you're going to want to try and do a little bit of like exposure therapy on that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So all that that means is that you start to slowly and, and in safe ways and in safe manners, put yourself into environments where you can, where you can start to do that. Not that you're going to run outside and and strip down (laughs) naked and run through the streets. (laughs) Let's, let's just be clear about that. Um, But it's good to hear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that you, that you actively engage right in, Mm -hmm. in, you know, maybe working on finding a a workout routine that's going to help you feel proud of your body. Um, And 
for you to start to see your body in a different light, right? So to, to look at your body maybe once a day and praise a part of it, to share gratitude for it, right? To really appreciate the vessel that you inhabit as a man, right? And as a sexual being. So that's one part of it. The other part is to start to get comfortable with finding a partner that you can express and experience some of these things with, right? So what I hear with you is that you have a good amount of sensitivity and, and feel vulnerable when it comes to being in an environment with a partner and being naked around them and, you know, engaging in, in a sexual activity with them, which again is quite normal. A lot of guys struggle with it. They just don't mm-hmm. talk about it, right? A lot <laughs> of men struggle with it. Trust me, having, having worked true. with only men for years now, you'd be surprised about, about how many men feel shame around their body and shame around their performance and mm-hmm. all, all these different pieces. So it'll be important for you to, to find a partner that you can actively experience and explore having her touch your body, right? I think, and uh, I think to put a little bit more of context, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm having this person, I have this person to, with whom I'm, I'm working on this, mm-hmm. like to really communicating about my my problems or my my shame around Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. and she has been really open and really a safe person for me to Mm -hmm. to start working on this and it has been amazing it has been uh, a new experience that i'm loving and Mm -hmm. that it's helping me love my my body a lot more good the thing is there's this other uh, dialogue and these other ideas that I shouldn't be doing this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't be doing it because why? Because, uh, well, a church leader shouldn't be having sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are you considering in terms of, I know we've sort of like left this part mm-hmm. to the very end, but I think it was important to explore some of those other pieces. Yeah. How have you been thinking about rectifying or coming to terms with those two pieces that are at odds? Mm, what I have been thinking and already decided is that I'm not gonna like have this kind of, of of life where I'm just rejecting my sexual life just because church is telling me to. I can't communicate about it with with church leaders and, mm-hmm. and with the church as, as a whole. But but I had already decided that I'm gonna accept that and I and that I'm gonna leave my sexuality to to start accepting myself too. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I think that there's a, a larger conversation that we can probably engage in maybe mm-hmm. in another session. We can have you back on the yeah. show and dig into that. But just before we wrap things up here, what I would really like you to do mm-hmm. is, do you have a bicycle? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of okay. course. So uh, I'm going to give you an assignment that I normally wouldn't give people. Um, mm-hmm. But I want you to go for a bike ride, and when and if you feel comfortable, you can take your shirt off. And you're gonna bike. come on the bike. Oh mm-hmm. my god! And you're gonna <laughs> reconnect. You're gonna reconnect with that twelve-year-old boy mm-hmm. who felt shame, who was afraid for other people to see his body, and maybe you just do it for a block. Right, doesn't have to be an hour long. Doesn't have to be some like down Main Street, you know, through a crowded area. Maybe it's just to begin with a ride around the block, you know, a ride around the city block, okay. and to sort of feel connected with that part of you again. But but before you do that, I want you to write a letter to that twelve-year-old boy, and I want you to tell him what his experience must have been like to empathize with him. And, okay. to, and to, to reconnect with him. Because I think what I really heard today is that there's, there's a b- pretty big disconnect. He doesn't trust you. He still feels alone, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he was left 
quite a, quite a bit alone. He lacked intimacy from mom, from dad. There was a lot that he wanted from them that he didn't get emotionally, physically, mentally. He didn't get the guidance that he needed. And so you are going to take on the role of parenting him, okay. starting to father him. So write a letter to him from the man that you are today and empathize with what that experience must have been like as that 12-year-old boy to go through the divorce, to feel this shame specifically around his body, to want the kind of intimacy and connection with his family, but not be able to get it. Okay. Okay. And, okay. and when you go out on this endeavor of, you know, riding around the block or wherever you decide <laughs> to go, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave it up to you. Do so in a way that's respectful and do so in a way that is, that, that brings him along for the journey, right? So that he can feel that a little bit of that freedom, right? He just wanted somebody to tell him like, you know, you, you can go for a bike ride without a shirt on, you know, be safe. Don't, don't fall off into the gravel, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can do that, right? That's something that yeah. you can do. And so start to reconnect with that part. And then in terms of the sexuality, really start to explore just physical touch, right? Physical touch and, and eye contact with your partner. Okay. And that might be, you know, for 10 or 15 minutes, the two of you exchange physical touch and you explore what it's like to connect in silence, right? Or, or you communicate exactly like this is what feels good. And this is what doesn't feel good, or this is the type of pressure that I want, or this is how I would like to be touched. And to start to normalize that physical contact between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with all that. You'll report back in our next, in our next uh, interview conversation session. And I look forward to it. So thank you so much for joining me today, my friend. Thank you, Connor, for getting me through this. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And we'll, we'll talk offline about a few other things um, just to recap some of the parts that we talked about, because we got into some good, Uh, family systems work today. So uh, thank you. And we'll talk to you again soon for everyone that's out there listening. Um, Don't forget to share this episode with somebody that you know it would resonate with, somebody who's maybe experiencing or struggling with similar things, uh, because these are the types of conversations that can help normalize and set us free from some of the shame that we're experiencing whether it's around our sexuality or our bodies or what we want to explore or even our families. So thank you so much for joining us. And until next week, it's Connor Beaton signing off.